Welcome back to Rockhound Radio. You know what we're going to cover today. More Immortals, Phoenix Rising. We are on a quest as Phoenix to rise up and slay the Titan Typhon. And we're going to have a lot of fun while we're doing it. We're, we've already had quite a lot of fun, actually. So, uh, yeah. We're picking up where we left off, right? We're back in the Forge Lands. We're trying to save Havestus, which is a giant robot that, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, he kind of just directs you where to go, not really, sort of. You know, acts like he has no idea what's going on. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that in a minute and kind of really get into what this little adventure spot area, whatever mission quest you want to call it. But, uh, yeah, this game is probably one of my... You know, it's not, I wouldn't say like my favorite game because there's a long list to get behind in Rockout Radio's favorite games. And, but this is definitely up there. This is a really fun kind of, I don't know, it's like a good sandbox fighting game. Ubisoft did a great job kind of integrating a little bit of Assassin's Creed stuff with, you know, I don't know, like really good graphics for what it is. I think the dialogue's really funny. The, uh, the narration between, Oh gosh, what's in Zeus and Prometheus? They uh they're they're pretty funny. And you know, hopefully you guys have been paying attention while you've been playing. They kind of like narrate everything you do, make comments along with Hermes. And you know, between those two and Hermes, it is actually pretty comical. And uh I definitely like how much kind of screen time your character gets. I think that's something that uh not that every game leaves it out, and there's quite a few games that focus on your character being you know, part of the game and voicing its, you know, opinions, whether, you know, you make that choice or the game's already made that choice. But yeah, it's definitely cool to get more screen time for the character you're playing. I definitely think it helps you kind of get more in character and just honestly feel better about the game. But uh, yeah, it's definitely, or not really make you feel better about the game, but make you feel more immersed in the game, right? Because that's what they're there for. You know, they, a game should, you know, pull you in and suck you in and you know, make it seem like you're right there fighting monsters or if you're playing, you know, a racing game, you know, you want to feel like you're in the car or maybe you're playing a shooter game and you really want to feel like you're in combat. You know, video games are have been designed and gotten better over the years at really like, you know, focusing your attention on stuff and really like getting you immersed, whether it's role playing or not role playing, you know, who knows, but it's definitely, I don't know, this game is definitely really fun and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens at the end of this game, you know, because we're getting close. We're damn close, actually. So uh, I think, I don't know how the the rest of the game's going to fall, but uh, yeah, I know after this episode, we will probably do, it probably won't be a full episode, but we'll, uh, a little side episode about some side quests that uh, I'm still wrapping up. I've been saying that for several episodes. The truth is, I haven't played this game for a couple weeks. You know, I got so far ahead and decided to give it a break for a while. I started playing Pokemon, and then I started playing Pokemon, and then I started playing Skyrim. So, uh, yeah, I definitely definitely need to get back on the Immortals. And I was actually at a friend's house the week or two ago and was checking out his save, and he's taking the time to, like, go through and complete, like, every dungeon, collect literally everything. So uh, I would say if you're still listening and you're still playing, buddy, you should be severely overleveled for wherever you go in the game. You're definitely like maxed out on some stuff as far as like his mount was really good for how far in the game he was. And uh, yeah, he's definitely, definitely making good progress, but you know, he, he's the kind of player that goes through and collects everything one section at a time. And you know, that's awesome. It's kind of like a, by the time you get to like the end game, you'll be so like strong and powerful 
Typhon won't even stand a chance. Now, if you're like me, I always start out with a mindset like, all right, I'm definitely going to collect all this shit. And then, you know, you get 12 hours in and you're like, no, I'm done collecting them. I had the one game that I will say that I took the time to uh, complete a lot of the stuff was uh, Spider-Man and on the PlayStation 4. That game is really fun. I didn't really didn't really know how I'd like it at first. I watched my friend play it and I was like, uh, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of cool, I guess. And then I actually started playing it and goodness gracious, I got sucked into it to the point where I watched like all the Spider-Man movies. I watched the Spider-Man Marvel movies and you know, whatever ones that whatever his name was in uh, Tom Holland. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was really cool. The game itself was awesome. I know the sequel came out, the Miles Morrell. And uh, yeah, I would definitely like to play that. Who knows when I'll play that? But uh, not anytime soon because we got all, so much other shit to play, to be honest with you. I've got like a list, and which actually brings me, I did get a suggestion for a game. I will be playing it in the future whenever that time comes. It'll be Pikmin 3, and I'll probably be playing that on the Switch. So that'll be, that's, you know, one of three games that got, or one of three people that suggested a game for me suggested Pikmin 3. So, uh, yeah, definitely be cool to play that. I've only seen it. I've never really played it, so it'll be kind of cool to jump into a game that I've never really played before, and I'm looking forward to that whenever we get to it. God, it'll probably be like next year sometime. I mean, by the time like Pokemon comes out and we finish up Immortals, it'll probably be well into the new year, and you know we'll probably be like 100 episodes in by then, and we'll just, I don't know, there'll be all kinds of cool stuff by then. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely... Let's get back to Immortals before I get any any further off track. So, you have since bested all the gods, re- released, well, not really bested the gods, but bested the, you know, the things that were holding them down, more like, much like, a, you know, I don't even know what I was going to say, but uh, much like a Horcrux, really, because you de- defeat every little piece of them and you finally release them, except it's kind of like a reverse Horcrux if you're familiar with Harry Potter you're supposed to destroy all of them and then eventually kill that person. But really you like kill all these little pieces to restore them to former glory. So anyway, we are in the forge lands and I would say that I don't necessarily like love this place because it was a pain in my ass. The, uh, the last time we played, we got the forge running. We got the water and the, you know, cleared out all the sh- water shoots. We got, we, we lit the furnaces, you know, we did all that stuff. We cleared the smokestacks or whatever. And uh, yeah, we're ready to enter the forge. So once you get, once you open up the forge, you like travel there. And I think Hephaestus, like the robot Hephaestus, like comes there, opens up the forge for you and you're ambushed by not only you know, what do you, what do you expect? A giant automatron. Now these things have a history of being pretty damn difficult when you first run into them. At least they were for me. And I did run into a legendary one that I kind of sort of just wasted pretty damn quick. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely, definitely a good battle. I'm, I wrote down in my notes, ambushed by giant automatron waxed him. So evidently that was a very easy fight. At least for me at that time it was. But I think like the legendary automatrons were or the, the one I thought was way easier than just like the standard ones that spawn because the difficulty increases and it just becomes like a whole you gotta really get in tune with your dodges and make sure you're paying attention. But I know you get in there and you find out that the box that he gave you is actually Pandora's box. Now if you're familiar with Pandora's box in Greek mythology Basically, 
all the evil, terrible, bad things were trapped in Pandora's box. They got released and, you know, a whole bunch of chaos ensued. And then, you know, I don't really don't know the whole lore behind the Pandora's box. I do know what it is, though. And, you know, many of you people that game or maybe don't even game or definitely have heard it or are familiar with like the saying or whatever it is, whatever that saying is. But, you know, the Pandora's box basically really bad, got a lot of baddies trapped in it. And uh, it's, it's no good when it gets open. So once you get in the forge, basically Hephaestus comes in. There's like a little shrine thing in the middle and he pretty much like activates his own powers, gets his like hammer back and his like metal claw arms and... I don't know. There's like a cool little cutscene where he he like unveils it and bada bang, bada boom, you're there. The dungeon opens and yeah, you are ready to head in and face the dungeon so you can release his. Uh, I don't even remember what it's called. It's I know it's awful. I've been talking about this game for so long, but I haven't played it in forever because I got ahead of myself. But uh, anyway, you it's the essence. There it is. But yeah, you go in there and Hephaestus kind of like, you know, reveals his cool, awesome, badass powers, relights the forge or like basically like uses the forge as it's like relit and stuff, opens up the pretty cool dungeon. And uh, yeah, you can head your way in and let it be known that you are heading in to free the essence of Hephaestus. And you're going to you're going to get the god of forge back to where he needs to be, because if you want anybody on your side, it's definitely a god that can create all kinds of automatrons and just all kinds of cool stuff. He's definitely, there's definitely a lot of cool stories with Hephaestus and all of his inventions. And like I said, the animatrons from animal robots to servants to kind of whatever. But yeah, you head into the dungeon and it is definitely a difficult dungeon. Like the puzzles are, they're, they're tough. So you go in and basically it's like a giant, I don't know. It's like a giant forge in this dungeon and you have to relight three sides of the forge. And I thought Athena's dungeon was hard puzzle wise. This one actually had me stumped for a little while. So like the first one's not bad. You know, it's kind of like any dungeon you do. Like the first little part seems to be, you know, not too hard or decently simple. And then you move on and then it just gets more difficult. But uh, yeah, the other two, actually the third one that I did, because I'm pretty sure I went counterclockwise in the dungeon. But the, uh, the last one you have to do, it involves you like going back and forth between these two towers. You go back and forth so many times and then you get all the way to the top and you're supposed to like glide all the way over to the other tower. Now, I did this several times and realized time and time again, like I got to the top and there's like a whole, there's like a little gap or I don't even know. There's like a layer of the air that you're supposed to fly through that zaps all your stamina. So it's like another part of the puzzle. Well, I didn't realize that, and I died several times. Like, I remember dying three or four times and then just being like, okay, I'm done with this, and I started saving, like, every little jump. Like, I'd get to one side of the tower, I'd save it. Get to the other side, save it, because I didn't want to, like, keep dying and then respawning at the point where, you know, I had to restart all of it. But, yeah, I got all the way to the top a couple times, went to jump over and died, and then I was like, okay, well, I looked up, like, the wiki walkthrough, I was like, what am I missing? There has to be something stupid that I'm just not paying attention to. Well, it turns out I was right. So basically, and this is what's so important. This is pretty, I wouldn't say like post game, but that we're, we're getting towards the end of the game. So you definitely want to make sure you've upgraded your godly powers. 
whether that be the Ares Wrath or the Hephaestus Hammer. I recommend both of those, especially the Hammer, because you can shell out some serious damage, especially when you get to the point where you can charge it. You know, you can just send people like rocketing off into space. But uh, no, you need to upgrade to Hades or yeah, Hades Wrath or not Hades, Ares Wrath, where it like sends you straight up in the air. But basically, you have to jump up with that power twice in the air and then glide over to the other tower. So you're well above the stamina zapping aura of bullshit that you have to fly over. But yeah, it took me a couple tries. And then eventually, I was able to get up high enough and glide right over to get... You have to like take these balls and they're like wooden balls of... I don't even know. They almost remind you of like Kinlan, but they're all like rolled up. And you like drop them down this elevator or drop them down this chute so you can take them down to the furnace. And once you get them down to the furnace, you toss them in there. They, I don't know, they turn into like uh, coal basically, like a big flaming hunk of coal. And you take that coal, you throw it in the vent of the forge, and you light that sucker up. And uh, yeah, look, you know what? There's something really cool coming as soon as you get all three of these. And we're going to talk about that right after break. All right, now that we're back from break, let's talk about finishing this dungeon up. So, you did all the three challenges. You got all the giant flaming balls of coal into the furnace. You lit the furnace up, and now you're ready to fight the beast. And the beast slash monster, whatever pain in the ass you want to call it, is Polyphemus. One of the most famous Cyclops, if not the famous most famous Cyclops in Greek mythology. He was, I don't know, he had to face Odysseus when he went through the sea and all this other stuff. Odysseus ended up blinding him. And then after he blinded him, he escaped and he told him, my name is nobody. And Polyphemus being a giant dumb Cyclops, you mean nobody hurt me? Nobody got away from me? And, you know, Odysseus kind of just rolled with it and rolled out, to be honest with you. So, you know, he fooled the old Cyclops, which was known for eating several men that washed up on his island. And uh, yeah, pretty cool that you have to, I, I'm really glad to see like the big names in Greek mythology as far as enemies and like the gods. It's always cool playing a game and you really get to beat all the big baddies from all the stories and Polyphemus just kind of falls in line. So uh, if you didn't know, Cyclops are sons and daughters of the god Poseidon. So Cyclops run the underwater forge and are like re super resistant to resistant to fire that's why they uh, make great smiths and that's also why Hephaestus has well after this we'll talk about it but before that you fight him and it's one hell of a fight a lot harder Cyclops fight than many of the previous ones and you should you know kind of assume that because I mean really he's like not the king of Cyclops but you, you might as well call him that but uh, yeah yeah you fight him and you kick his ass once you kick his ass you go down in there you get the essence and, you know, throughout the, I think throughout the dungeon, you use Pandora's box to like trap the essence or suck the bad essence back into Pandora's box. Or, or I don't know. It's something weird like that. But yeah, you end up using Pandora's box. And when you finally retrieve his essence and you get out, you basically walk up to Hephaestus and give him his essence back. And basically what happened was he like, issued a set of tricks and kind of like fail safes and what he did was he pulled out a bunch of memories or something along those lines and put them in pandora's box and left him himself a trail on how to get his stuff back but typhon actually 
I think he like erased his memory. So he couldn't remember what he had to do. He like knew he had the box. And I think that was part of it. Like he had no memory. He knew that the box was kind of the key to getting his memory back. He just really didn't know how to go about it. So yeah, you use Pandora's box, you know, retrap or untrap or whatever you got to do with it. I don't exactly remember because it's been just a little while and I'm sorry, but no, the biggest thing is it, you saved Hephaestus. Yeah. You got him his essence back. He returns to his former and badass godly self. And yeah, he's, a, I, I was really kind of curious to see like aesthetically what he'd look like his sprite or not his sprite, but just like his animation. And he's pretty cool looking. I, I expect, yeah, expected. I expected it, them to kind of fall true to, you know, like the, the old stories of him kind of having like a misshapen face because of what happened with him and Hera, Hera casting him off Mount Olympus for kind of being like the ugly baby. So I kind of really expected that not really expected, but I was almost kind of hoping for something a little more grungy or, you know, a little more, I don't know, like not just like aesthetically pleasing, I guess, you know, kind of fall true to the story, but you did get a very, I guess, handsome God. I don't know. He doesn't look disfigured or anything. So whatever that counts as, but yeah, you finally saved him and that's it. You've saved all four gods. But before we get back to the hall of the gods, there's something else I want to talk about. So along with Polyphemus, you find out that Hephaestus had two other Cyclops that were like, I can't think of their names, but they were like his left and right hand man. And they tended to the forge quite a bit. He relied on them very heavily. They were very good smiths. And uh, they actually, I'm pretty sure he mentions that they betrayed him and turned him over to Typhon or turned his powers over to Typhon or, or whatever that may be. They pretty much backstabbed him and didn't help the case any. So he sends you off on a quest. And what do you think that quest is? To slay the Cyclops, the rogue, rogue, evil Cyclops. So you go on a little quest and it takes you a couple different places through the Forge Lands. And I went ahead and did that quest just because I was kind of like coming hot off a win. I was like, you know what, dude? We just finished this dungeon. I just murdered Polyphemus. Why don't we just go on and take care of his brothers and, you know, the big baddies? They, you know, they ain't going to be nothing. And I'm pretty sure they weren't. I don't have any other notes. I'm just pretty sure that I went to the side quest and defeated them each in their, you know, respective boundary. And yeah, we took off with the essence to, well, we already have the essence, but yeah, we took off knowing that we just completed the, uh, kind of like the last little side, well, not the last side quest, but the last little part of, uh, pretty much what Hephaestus wants, right? He got his essence back. You, uh, you righted the wrongs of the people that betrayed him, so on and so forth. He's basically like, all right, I'll be back at the Hall of the Gods. You know, come see me when you, when you got time. But uh, yeah, you, you saved him and you're finished. Well, almost. Well, I mean, we're really getting there. I mean, Typhon, he's just right there, right there in the clutches of our hands. We're ready to crush him, crush him to smithereens. But uh, before that, I would say, I have this note right here. It says, the Phosphor of Lit Cinders. And it has 150 plus damage with that move. So the phosphorus move is like a pretty much you like spawn like a, I don't know, it's like an eagle or a hawk. They come in and they dive bomb your enemy and they take out a significant chunk of health. But uh, I'm pretty sure you get it through a Wings of Icarus, like the Wings of Icarus Daedalus quest. I'm not really sure. I don't really remember. But uh, yeah, definitely check out those Daedalus quests. You get some pretty cool items from there. Yeah, you need to definitely check out this Phosphor upgrade because it is insane. 150 plus damage with it. 
I mean, you pretty much just – you can't ask for a better sidekick than that. And that's kind of what it reminds me of. You know, you got this pretty cool little eagle, and he's just flying around. And every time you summon him, he just, like, swoops in, does a bunch of damage, and then flies right back out. But, yeah, definitely check that out. There's a bunch of cool different ones you can get. They do all kinds of different damage for different scenarios. It's pretty much just like a – I don't know, like a do-what-you-do type thing. You know, pretty much complements however your play style is. But yeah, definitely, I definitely try to collect as many of those as you can because it does make a big difference. But uh, yeah, let's head back to the Hall of the Gods. And once we get there, there they have it. All four gods basking in their glory of being back to their former selves. You uh, you get there and pretty much, you know, they, they, there's some dialogue and there's some, you know, there's some explaining and some to-do and to-that and, you know, blah, blah. But yeah, go back there. You start talking to them. And you get, you're pretty much hashing out a plan. Like, you know, everyone's like, all right, now what are we going to do to defeat Typhon? And you were all throwing a bunch of ideas around. And kind of out of the blue, we talked about this guy a while back, but your brother shows up again. He pretty much shows up with that big, like, pseudo big brother, you know, I'm the man of the prophecies and I'm the one who's going to lead the quest to kill the Typhon or the Titan. But uh, yeah, he shows up and he kind of is like a fool, right? He kind of makes a mockery of himself. He comes in, he's all barrel-chested and big, thinking he's some big tough guy. He's like, hey, you know, I'm some tough guy. I'm going to come in here and I'm going to deal with the problem. But uh, no, that's most definitely, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this guy. Beginning of the game, you're, you know, pretty much tasked with trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Everybody's turned to stone. And your driving force to get through the game is to save your brother, which has been turned to stone. And then you run into him, and he pretty much exclaims that he's part of the prophecy and he's like, ah, don't worry, little brother. And then he disappears. And then all of a sudden, he like pops right back into the Hall of the Gods. Now, I'm, when it comes to NPCs in some games, I'm very fishy, man. I don't trust a whole lot of people, especially, I don't know, brothers that appear in and out of nowhere. Seemingly, whenever you're you know making progress towards something really big. So it makes me think that. You know, not that he might stab me in the back, but he def I definitely feel like he has nefarious plans. Like, I definitely think he's up to no good. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with all that. But uh, he pretty much makes out this big plan. You know, you and the gods have pretty much already hashed out what the plan's going to be. He shows up, starts talking all this nonsense, and he's like, oh, you know, I'm the prophecy guy. We should do it my way and, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's all smug and kind of shitty. And he comes in, like I said, big barrel puffed out. Yeah, big barrel. Big barrel chest popped out, thinking he's some tough guy. And he's going to take on the Titan. Like, you know, we're already planning this. We're already doing this. You should have your own quest and mission. I'm actually, you know, the game's about me, Phoenix. So if you could just kindly, you know, get out of here and so I can save the gold miles. But, like, he goes on this big rant about all this planning and all this bullshit. And pretty much, like, he's like, all right, I'm off. Or I guess, brother, it's a race. And uh, he, like, leaves, and all the gods, like, exchange looks, and they pretty much all, like, huff, and they're like, ugh, we hate him. And I just thought it was so funny. Not too often. Well, I mean, I guess there's a lot of, like, hate that goes back and forth through characters, but it's just so funny, like, seeing all these guys that you've saved and these gods you've saved pretty much, like, totally agree that, like, that guy sucks and that you're cool. I don't know. It's just kind of funny. Like, the, the brother thing, it's always kind of brings a different dynamic to the game especially when one's favored over the other. I think it's pretty funny. But yeah, he thinks he's just going to run up to the top of this mountain and get all the glory and kill Typhon. No, I, I, I don't think so. 
you know, we're we've been working on this game for however long. We've been doing all this shit. We've been saving all these gods, and I will not stand by readily and just have my lowly brother that came out of nowhere try to take all the damn glory. But yeah, so next week, next week on Immortals Phoenix Rising, we will be covering some side quests. And I know I've done a few side quests and talk about them here and there, but pretty much what this is going to be is just wrapping up the side quest I have left. And uh, yeah, we'll just go from there. I don't really know. I know there's a couple. I think there's like three. So it might be a little bit shorter of an episode next week. But uh, yeah, the week after that, you got it. We're going to tackle whatever's next. The next quest that I have marked on for like the story is basically charging the mountain and up the mountain. You know what that's going to be. Typhon, the Titan. Will we finally take him on in a full-fledged battle of the gods versus the Titans to restore humanity and everything back in the Golden Isles? Oh my God, I don't know. Come back in a couple weeks and figure it out. But uh, yeah, super excited. Like I said in uh, this last episode, we're back in this new and improved studio. And man, I'm loving it. Got all my favorite stuff up. I got this new cool Pokemon poster a while back. Got some favorites on there. Happened to I literally bought it because... The one, I mean, they have like the original Kanto starter, Squirtle, Bulbasaur, and Charmander. But I ultimately bought it because my one of my favorite new starters, Rowlet, the little grass owl, is like flying at the top, and it just looks so cool. They're all just kind of playing around. But uh, yeah, I sorry, I'm distracted because it's literally what I'm looking at on my backboard. But uh, yeah, that's all I got for this week's Immortals Phoenix Rising. Join me next week as we crush through some side quests and we make our way back to uh, getting back into the real game and crushing Typhon. But uh, yeah, until then, check it out. Yeah, check it out. Check me out. Rockhound Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcast. You know, there's a couple other places you can get your podcast. Um, Anchor, Podbean. Check me out on Facebook, YouTube. Oh, and I just got a TikTok. So yeah, be uploading stuff on there. Go follow me. Go check it out. Be on the lookout for those new videos. If you haven't got your sticker yet, hopefully you have. And hopefully more of you are, you know, send me DMs for more. So, yeah, that's all I got this week. We'll uh, we'll see you later.